In these sessions, friends, we've been dealing with family issues. Church of God is a family, but moreover, the, the immediate family, mom, dad, children, etc. And we found out through a counseling perspective that many of the techniques that you use in a family atmosphere can be used in the church atmosphere. So we want to apply those maxims to secure just three things. Healing, forgiveness, reconciliation within the church of God. So feel free to join in with that progress. I want to introduce our guest tonight. And of course, as always, our viewers, you're very important, again, to take part in the discussion. You can go to YouTube and type in Church of God in Macon, Georgia, and you'll see the Wounded Hearts live banner there. But also, we have the Cavan family. We have Sandra Cavan, a mom, studied at Ohio State University there, and she studied commercial commerce. Brother Sam, lucrative businessman in the Columbus area. And also a minister, planning a church right in, amen, Columbus, Ohio. So we're glad about that. So we want to talk about these issues. We have some questions ready for our uh, panel individuals. And so we want to go into that at this time. Any questions for our panel? Sister Annette? Yes, sir. This is to Sandra. The young woman says, we are like the beauty and the beast, me being the beast. At one time, I felt very pretty and loved, but because of his behavior, behavior, I'm now feeling beastly again. Do you manage to feel beautiful again, Sandra? I do. Um, I can kind of relate to that kind of analogy because when you've had... Um, a breach in your relationships, you feel like, well, you know, what maybe could I have done better? Was I not as, was I not enough, whether it's beauty or otherwise? Um, so I can kind of relate to why someone would feel that way, but um, I, I don't feel that way any longer, no. By the same, the young man says, my wife was a tender flower. I crushed her. She says she's forgiven me, but I see the hurt in her eyes and I can't forgive myself. How do I do that? Well, one thing for sure is if you don't forgive yourself, you can't progress. You'll be stuck in the same place that you're in and that's called stuck in a rut. So life, unfortunately, we make mistakes in life, but those mistakes, we can use them to help us to learn to do better, or we can use them to define us and keep us down forever. There's a choice there. And of course, I cannot stress how important it is to allow God to help you not beat yourself down because the forgiveness that we receive, that I receive, although I needed it from my wife, I first needed to be forgiven by God because that's whose commandment that I was ultimately breaking. So once he forgave me and I believe he forgave me, then uh, I can forgive myself because God is the one who really is the judge of the right and the wrong that we're doing. The next question is for Brother Sam again. And it says, are you saying 
because I don't go to church that I will go out on my wife? Not at all am I saying that. What I am saying is that the enemy who is working to destroy families is trying to get all families to be uh, disrupted and all families to be at odds. And one of the tactics that he uses is to get the man or the woman to actually be unfaithful or uh, not treat their spouse the way in which they're supposed to treat them. And to go along with the scriptures teaching where it says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. You cannot love your wife as Christ loved the church unless you have that love that Christ had for the church in us. And the only way we can get that love is by having a relationship with God. So I don't believe that because you're not saved that you will uh, cheat on your spouse. No, I don't want that to be misconstrued as that. However, I do believe that the possibility is much higher because you don't have God to help you to resist temptations. And unfortunately, we live in a very ungodly and lascivious world nowadays, which is all about almost uh, accepting the fact that a person would cheat on their spouse. Mm -hmm. That's true. Sandra, the divorce rate among people who attend church is recorded at 50%. Was divorce ever an option for you? I don't think it was ever an option. I mean, it, it crossed my mind, but I never wanted to be, I never wanted to have a failed marriage. So I didn't give thought to it. It's like, how would I pursue it or anything like that? Um, I, I didn't want that to be my plight. Um, I just, I eat, you know, as a, as a, you know, growing up as I mean, like a teenager, maybe in my twenties, like, you know, I always wanted to be married and like divorce was just not something that it wasn't about in the cards, so to speak. I didn't know how it was going to work out, but that that is not something that I wanted to pursue. Sam, this gentleman says, I love my wife, but I keep falling into the same mess. How do I keep her from leaving me? <laughs> that is a very good question. Very good. A very good answer. <laughs> and it's called salvation. You see... We're powerless against the enemy. And again, the enemy, he knows if he can destroy marriages, he can destroy God's church. God's church is uh, built on marriage. The church is the bride of Christ. So the best way for him not to do those things that he's doing, that he's consistently falling into doing, is to give his life to God because then there's a new power that comes into the picture. The power that I have is not mine. It's a revolutionary power. If I went back to pre-salvation, I would be probably worse. Not probably. I would be. I would be much worse than I am. Uh, well, let me say I would be in a terrible condition. I'm in a wonderful place right now. Praise the Lord. And the reason why is because of the power of God. I didn't have a power uh, in as much as I knew what I was doing and I was doing it. I didn't want to do it. 
Mm -hmm. I felt bad. I, I honestly, sincerely felt bad, but I was powerless. And I had to get help and I knew I had to get help. And the time came when I was in a service and the word went forth and God spoke directly to me. And I knew at that time, I'm done, I'm finished. And I knew that everything was going to be good from that time forward. Amen. Amen. Sandra. I want to hurt my husband sometimes the way he hurt me. Did you ever feel that way? And how did you handle it? Um, I did feel that way. Um, like I said, if it wasn't for salvation, I just don't know. I don't know what path, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know what path um, I would have gone down. I can't see how I could have done much of anything to work things out or make something better had it not, <clears throat> excuse me, had it not been for salvation. Because you, in your back of your mind, it's like, oh, you know, I want him to, you know, you want them to hurt like you hurt. Like this, it doesn't feel good. And, but at the time that um, this all came about, you know, I was saved at that time. So it's like, you know, I'm, you knew that's that's not gonna be right. <laughs> you know, I wanna I wanna stay safe. So um, it wasn't about to get back, you know, get back in him or make him feel like I felt. I just wanted him to make me feel better, actually. So and not in salvation, you can't that's that's not an option. But it does cross your mind. <laughs> in one of the sessions, Sam, you said that the person that you were had died and that you're a new person. But it seems a little unfair that the person you were didn't get punished for what he did. Well, you know what? That is a, a very good thought. But the reason why that's possible is because we have a savior who was punished for what he didn't do. Amen. So in his love and in his mercy, for those of us who have done wrong, he said, you know what? I'll actually forgive you and not punish you for what you really deserve and give you something that you don't deserve. So I can understand completely how they feel, but salvation, it does the opposite. That's what mercy is. Mercy, we receive something that we do not deserve. So I have been given my marriage back. I have been given my wife back. We have a beautiful marriage, which again, no, the way I behave, I don't deserve. But because of who God is and because of what God has done, he has given me what I don't deserve. Amen. It says, Sandra, so you mean to tell me that you believe your husband loves you? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I have a question. I want to, I need to chime in here. <laughs> Last week, the trust issue came up and we were discussing that and its importance in solidifying a meaningful relationship, whether it be in the home or in the church. Uh, Brother Sam was talking about how he extended the trust issue by allowing her to look through his uh, cell phone, through his car, whatever, and 
no limits there. And I don't know whether she did it or not, but at least it was available to her. So trust has to be given, but also has to be received. Some people give it, but people don't want to receive it. So I appreciate the way they said, look, I'm an open book. Look through my cell phone. So trust was given and trust was received. And I think that from a counseling perspective, that's important in maintaining healing and forgiveness. Any comment on that, Sam, as far as the trust issue and how you were able to extend that, given your cell phone, your card, look through it or whatever? I will expound on that. And be, the, the reason why is because, of course, when you're doing things you ought not to be doing, there's just going to be times when you're going to have to hide things and you're going to have to uh, shield things and, and cover stuff up. But when you're not doing wrong, then there's never a time to have to cover anything up. There's never a time to have to hide anything. So my wife knows my schedule and I check in with her, not because I quote unquote have to, but because I want her to have the peace of mind to know I know where my husband is and what he's doing at all times. Now, that's a two-edged sword because if I try to surprise her <laughs> and then the other portion, there's a line that has to be drawn ministerially because there's some things that I cannot share with anybody right. if somebody shares those with me in confidence and I will let her know that so that that trust isn't broken, which is a higher trust than the trust that she and I have. Aside from that, uh, there's nothing. She knows all my bank account. She knows where all my keys are. If she wants to drive my car today, tomorrow, I don't have anything off limits to my wife. Any more questions? Brother Moon, we have one that's uh, directed to you. It's asking, at what point do I call it quits? Good question. Uh, we know that the Bible says God's mercy endures forever. And whether this is in the home, job situation, or in the church, which our focus is on basically, the Bible says we should endeavor. We should endeavor. And there should be a desire to reconnect, a desire to forgive. And the Holy Ghost will guide you in that because we all have the ministry of reconciliation. So go as far as you possibly can, but just laugh in you peaceably with all men. Brother Sam, you want to chime in on that? That was good, Brother Moon. I, just, I wouldn't say anything differently. I think now, we had a could, comment. Yes, if I could jump in. There's actually a question from Mrs. Dutt 313. She asks, should everything always be open to your spouse? Good question. <laughs> well, uh, my answer, I guess the Bible says, and two became one flesh. So if you become one flesh and you can hold something back from yourself, then <laughs> I guess then whatever that is that you can hold back from yourself, you can hold back from your spouse. But if you two became one flesh, I don't know what you could hold back. Good answer. Any more questions? 
Yes, Not sir. Oh. oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes, sir. The question is, how do I check myself and not fall into that? Brother Sam? Oh, oh either one. Either one. How do you check yourself and not fall into right. to what? To infidelity. Without salvation? It didn't say. It just said check yourself. Probably because well, if you were saved, you would never. I, I will say this. There are some strong will people in general in the world. And um, they are able with a strong will to honor their vows. And then there's others who aren't so strong will. And then there's also the day and age that we're living in. There is a society where women are a whole lot more aggressive. So now you're dealing with an aggressive woman and you're also trying to be um, faithful. So you're at work all day and it doesn't take much for the devil to work. We have to remember it's the enemy who's working to try to get marriages not to work. That's why we have such a terrible divorce rate. So he, he takes control of the fashion world causes women to dress in such a way where men see women as sex objects all day, every day. He's infiltrated the sports world where the cheerleaders and and, and the um, all of the things that go along with the sports world is catered towards sex. And all the TV shows and all those things, uh, we don't watch TV, so we stay away from that. We abstain from the very appearance of evil but when those things are a part of your life, you're fighting all day, every day, nonstop. Now, let an argument happen to where your wife is withholding from you, where she says, no, sleep on the couch. Well, now <laughs> she just stirred up the enemy's ability to cause you to have a reason to do more. So without salvation, I mean, I feel for you. It's tough. I mean, I cannot say... Uh, use this counseling or just walk around with dark sunglasses on or be strong, be a man. I can't give that advice because it, without salvation, truly you're powerless in this world. And unfortunately you can go years and then one day the right time, the right place, the right woman and everything that you <clears throat> had built up for all those years goes contrary to what you have been wanting or have been working for. True. Now this question might have to be answered by Brother Moon, but all of you, it's open to all of you. And it asks, my wife and I recently got saved. I was unfaithful before I was saved. How much do I tell her? Now, can I just interject this comment? Please. Um, Please. I think this was in reference to the question that you asked earlier, um, Lolita. And upon this rockministry.org said his answer was by putting your wife first. So that's an answer to that question that you had previously. Very good. Same uh, for that question, Brother Sam. You want me to? That question she asked? Um, I feel that. Mm -hmm. You want to restate that question, Sister Annette, Sister Lolita? The gentleman and his wife just got saved. 
and he was unfaithful before they were saved. He wants to know how much he should tell his wife. Uh, my answer to that would be, I don't feel that you have to go completely into detail and outline everything. Um, if there's something that will jeopardize the reconciliation or jeopardize the mending, then you want to lay that out. But I mean, she knows and there's no reason to throw salt in the wound. But if you feel the Holy Spirit is saying you need to make this clear, you need to get that right, then I would pray and ask the Lord to lead, guide, and direct. And the other thing is, it doesn't have to be dumped on her all at once. You know, the Lord may say, hey, this is what as much you need to say now. And then later on, as she gets stronger and she's able to receive more, then maybe you'll say, you know what, there is something else. And my wife and I, we've done that. We've gone down the road and then say, you know what? There is one other thing. I just want to get this out and just clear this up. But now we're in a position where we can receive it and take it, forgive, move on, and it not destroy us or put us back in that same place that we were before. I think um, coming from the wife, too, if a conversation needs to be had to where you may want to ask her what 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 do you want me to share, um, or if there's something specific that you know, need know. she needs to know, um, or she may just ask a direct question, answer the question, of course, honestly. But I don't think you need to just put just make a whole. Here's everything because she may not be able to, she may not be ready. Number one to receive it or want to receive it. And then you're going to add things maybe that she didn't know about that's really going to just. I mean, it, it's a load, you know, so I would be careful. Um, I'll be careful what you ask for. And you have to be ready to receive that answer. Friends, I do apologize. Our time is beyond gone tonight. We're going to have to have them come back. <laughs> questions were unanswered. But I do just want to add, we had a uh, text come in. The quote I'm quoting now, but says, I've been praying for marriage like this one. So that's uh, hats off to you all in your marriage. Thank God for that. Friends, next week, Lord willing, we're going to have uh, Kenneth Probst, Brother Probst coming in. He's a preacher's kid, a PK preacher's kid. His dad and mom met 1913 at a Church of God camp meeting. Been in Alaska for over 20 years. He's a pilot up there. He's retired now. Going to let us know about what's going on in Alaska and, of course, his background in Church of God and uh, what's going on in all that situations and how he was able to continue to uh, walk this narrow way. And, dear one, again, this podcast is by Church of God for Church of God. Many have been wounded in church issues for the past maybe 70 years, and some are been hurt by division and those things. But our focus is just three things, reconciliation, forgiveness, and healing. So join us in that endeavor. I'm going to do all we can to see those things work through God's people. So next week we'll see you. Wounded hearts, wounded churches. May the Lord bless you.